And great Saturday morning, Low Country. Welcome back for another edition of Beyond the Business, heard here on 94.3 WSC and simulcast on iHeartRadio. Or you may be checking us out via podcast on Spotify or iTunes or at our website, CoastalWM.com. We're excited to have you here this morning. My name is Eric Cox, one of your hosts here this morning. Unfortunately, one more time without our lovely co-host, Leslie Haywood, as she is still enjoying her vacation this summer. Uh, but the show must go on, and we continue to bring great stories of inspirational entrepreneurship from all around the country. And uh, again, hope everybody had a great Fourth of July last weekend. Excited to have you back this weekend for the second half of Mr. Stuart Vernon, uh, who is the founder and CEO of America's Swimming Pool Company. And Stuart, thank you for coming back and bringing us the rest of that story. I'm glad uh, my solo ship last week did not run you off. Absolutely. Glad to be back. We certainly managed to uh, to keep it on the rails. So thanks for having me back. Well, if you don't mind, I'm going to talk about you for a minute like you're not uh, in the room uh, just to give our listeners, particularly those who did not get to hear our show last week, uh, a little bit about your story. Uh, and by the way, uh, just really appreciate you being a guest here on Beyond the Business, which, of course, is presented by the College of Charleston School of Business. And so last week, you know, we talked a lot about your upbringing and making and uh, really just kind of your background of coming through um, being an entrepreneur from, from a very young age, right? And always having that spirit and that grit to go out and earn money. Uh, you talked a lot about you know, your grandmother who was uh, very inspirational to you and taught you a lot of life lessons. Um, but really the, the, the keynote for me taken away last week was, you know, number one, you being able to develop your practice and your business while you're in college. Uh, the fact that you gave so much credit back to Tommy Baker and his entrepreneurial class. And during that class is really where you invented the idea uh, of what you are doing today. Uh, but more importantly, man, it was the end of the show. I mean, you rocked our world with that story that here you are getting ready to you know, start this venture. And right out of the gate, you, know, you have adversity smack you in the face, literally. Right. And so um, if you don't mind, uh, first, we're going to do a 20-second commercial and let you tell our listeners this week about your company so they'll know who you are, but then roll right into that kind of that story, uh, at least a debrief of that story, uh, so it'll launch us for today's show. Sure. Thanks, Eric. So who we are today, America's Swimming Pool Company, we are the nation's largest swimming pool maintenance, repair, and renovation franchise system. We have a family of about 120 franchise owners spread across 23 states. Uh, we are the pool guys and gals that are in your backyard every week. So thanks for having us on. And you have a franchise right here in the Low Country. That's in, right. In Charleston, correct? Second location ever, Charleston, South Carolina, and they're rocking it today. That's awesome. Awesome. So last week we were talking about, you know, here you are getting ready to graduate college. You you uh, happened to, to uh, have the audacity, the strength, whatever you want to call it, to go stop in and see a uh, a, a bank president, right, and find out if he could help you. You thought you had help, but there's a major twist of that story. Talk a little bit about that again and how that turned out. That's right. So that's, that's really the early days. That's how it was. That's how it all began. Was really with the door slammed in my face, and and I, and I think that's that's the takeaway certainly from from my story. Is as an entrepreneur, you're you're going to have obstacles and doors slammed in your face, and and you can never know what's on the other side of them. So you you have to push through. Uh, and and for me, that was that was you know walking into the bank president and and a friend of mine and an entrepreneurial mentor of mine and saying, hey, here's here's what I want to do. I want to start my own business. Can can you help? Do you have any ideas? Uh, and and the swimming pool business idea was born from from that meeting. 
And we spent the next few months working together and I was traveling back and forth from Macon to, to Charleston and Charleston to Macon to put the business plan together, develop ideas, locations, uh, launch plans. And two or three weeks before we went to form the LLC, they, uh, they called me up and said, Stuart, you're, thank you for everything you've done, but you're too young and too inexperienced to start a real business just yet. Uh, so thanks for everything you've done, but, but you're out. And uh, as I mentioned, two minutes and 46 seconds is a, a number I'll never forget. That's, that's only the amount of time they gave me uh, before hanging up. And I sat down on the floor and, and had to kind of bootstrap and, and, and hold the tears back and say, Dad, uh, I need some help. I want to start this business. I've done all the work. I'm young and hungry and, and ready to go. I'm, I'm going to compete against these guys, and I'm going to start my own swimming pool cleaning company. Can, can you help me? And, and of course, my parents, uh, my parents did, and All Seasons Pool Company at the time was, was born from that. That's the A, the S, and the P of our, of our logo to this very day. So, I mean, incredible um, fortitude, whatever you want to call it, right, to be at that age, to have, you know, I would assume, a bank president, a pillar in the community, right, uh, deep pockets, they own the bank or they run the bank, um, and you're like, nope, I'm, I'm going to still do this, I'm going to compete against you, and I'm going to win, and the question is, at that age, I mean, do you, now that you look back 15 years later, is that too young to really know any different? Or is there just something about you that, you know, that, that internal fortitude is so deep and strong? And if so, where does that come from? Well, a couple of things here. I get asked that a lot. It's a great question. Um, you know, there's two answers there. One, yeah, I was probably too young to, to, to know any better or too young to, not too young, but I was so young that, I mean, I, I had the luxury of, of really not caring. I mean, for me, what, what was it going to matter? I mean, if they were a bigger company than me, so what? I, I was going to be laser focused on what I knew I was going to do and what I knew I could do because I had done all the work to, to get to that point. Um, and, and, you know, in, in fairness, I mean, my parents did a great job of, of trying to help steer me out of starting that business. I mean, my dad had me come home before he agreed to give me that money and meet with a couple other entrepreneurs and say, wait a minute, Stuart, you're, you're, you're 22. You know, have you thought about grad school? Uh, have you thought about getting just a regular job for a couple of years? Then you can go launch your own business, buddy. And that was probably the best thing that happened to me because that really pissed me off. And I said, <laughs> wait a minute, you know, I know I can do this. Nobody <laughs> is, is giving you the, 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 the belief that you want in backing. Right. And so, uh, exactly. you just, you just took off and did it. I love it. I have to ask the question. Uh, I'm sure our listeners are wondering. Um, the other organization, is it still in existence today? Great question. They never launched. They never <laughs> found their perfect partner. Um, I spent the next few weeks formulating my business covertly. I didn't want them to know I was coming back. Spent my first month in operation looking around every corner to find them and what's their business name and what's their marketing strategy. All of a sudden, about a month later, so two months into my business, I ran into a friend of a friend, and I asked, I said, I've got enough, and they said, uh, the business hadn't launched yet, and turns out a few months later, I would kind of hear their side, I would hear their, their rest of their story. They went after two back-to-back, -back, two, two people back-to-back -to, -back to try to get them to be their partner, and what couldn't happen, didn't happen, and I use that as a lesson today for, for folks that I speak to and just say, don't ever let greed, don't ever let the perfect partnership get in the way of starting something. And if you try to, if you try to overanalyze it and try to find the perfect one, two, three to make it work, you might not ever launch at all. 
Wow. What a great life lesson you got early on coming out of the gate. And so speaking of early on, let's talk about the business in the early phases. Um, again, all businesses go through their twists and turns, and I'm sure everything you had on that business plan executed exactly that way, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about the early days and just uh, some of the strife that you went through as you were launching it. So so I'll take just a, a quarter step back and finish with my tie to, to the College of Charleston and Tommy's class. So as I told you, I borrowed a few thousand dollars from my dad to get my business license, open the bank account, buy the basic supplies. Uh, but I had a second check that went in the bank along with my father's, and that was a $500 check from Tommy Baker and the College of Charleston uh, for winning the Entrepreneur of the Class Award uh, in 2000, spring of 2002. As I was launching my business and, and won that award, that check from Tommy, and I think he knows this, but I don't know if he remembers it, that check went from Charleston, South Carolina, in my car with me, and the next week was deposited into uh, the All Seasons Pool Company bank account that, that was opened. So just to kind of put a bow on how, how, how strongly tied I am to Tommy and his class, I, I, there's no exaggeration to how powerful it was for me. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Um, so so literally launching the business in May 2002, what was it like? I mean, it was just every day was just drinking out of a fire hose of trying to not only learn the business, because at the same time I was launching it, I was also learning it from an older gentleman here in town who I was very fortunate to find, Al Hortman, um, rest his soul. He was uh, He was retiring. He was just a pool guy in Macon who was looking to retire and, and he knew that what I was doing and he knew my story of what happened to me. And he said, Hey, I'll, I'll teach you what I know. Um, and I'll turn over to you my nine maintenance accounts. And once we, once we finished training. And so at the end of May, I rode with him every day for a month, cleaned pools for free for him. And in exchange, he gave me nine pool cleaning accounts and he retired at the end of our, of our month together. And, and that was my first month's revenue in June, 2002 was from his nine accounts. Um, and so I, we, we were doing then exactly what my franchisees do today. I was cleaning pools and repairing them, um, building the business one customer at a time. I did $72,000 in revenue in, in 2002 um, and, and launched the business, uh, growing very, very organically. I would drive around Macon and try to find diving boards and swimming pools in people's backyards, and I would send them my business card um, and ask them for, for their business. And that was before any of our direct mail programs or websites or marketing platforms that, that we eventually would develop um, and, and grew the business really organically. Over, uh, we would double every year for the next four years, uh, eventually hitting $1 million in revenue, 10 trucks on the road um, at the fourth, almost fifth year in business. So I was 26 um, and I knew I wanted to expand. So at that moment, I kind of had a crossroads of do I grow this myself and go launch another location? And you know, the, the, the business world works in mysterious ways, if you'll listen to it. Um, at about the same time, I knew I wanted to expand. I had a, a College of Charleston buddy call me and say, hey, Stuart, I, I see what you've done. Uh, a friend and I want to start a pool cleaning company here. Can you help us? And we, we want to do here what you're doing there. Um, and he said, have you ever thought about franchising? And that was the first time the F word was ever introduced to me. And I said, no, franchising is McDonald's and Chick-fil-A and those sorts of things. So I, I knew that um, I knew that I had an opportunity to to really launch something then, and that was that was our first our first location. 
Well, and it's, it, again, once again, it's incredible to see that the, the College of Charleston is such a woven fiber into you and your life and your business evolution um, by having a, a, another person coming out of the college that you've now kind of teamed up with, right? So yep. uh, talk a little bit about that decision, uh, you know, whether you organically continue. Uh, obviously, you started to scale and grow, and so do you do that internally or do you start to branch out? And why the, the, fran- the franchising concept became attractive to you? Yes. So that was really what I, what I had to decide was, wait a minute, you know, how, how do I, how do I just, how do I continue to expand this business? Is it going to be franchising? Do I do a couple franchises and also at the same time um, launch, you know, my own locations? And, and so, so really the decision was made a little easier at that time when uh, my brother-in-law from Clemson, South Carolina reached out to me a few weeks later. And he said the, almost the same exact thing. Hey, Stuart, You've had great success in making, doing what you're doing. How can I do? I hate my job. How can I do here what you're doing there? I want to start a pool cleaning business. And that really ultimately was that was that light bulb moment and deciding factor. And I, what I realized at the time, I, I began researching franchising and spent weeks and months diving into it. And I realized, wait a minute, franchising is in all areas. It's not McDonald's. It's, it's everything we do from pest control, plumbing, heating and air. And I realized... But wait a minute, there is no swimming pool franchise that's out there. I found one in California that had started a few years earlier and failed, and which was a little concerning. But I said, wait a minute, I've got, I've got these, these two polar opposite guys. They both are saying the same thing. Hey, Stuart, give me a roadmap to how I can start my own business. And I realized there are so many people out there that want to start their own business and take their journey, but they want a little help. They want some handholding, a roadmap, a playbook. And that was really my passion. That was what I was good at. I love teaching. I love training. Again, I love the idea of partnerships. And I knew back to what my grandmother taught me, Eric, when you look at the stock market, I knew the power of compound and the power of, of letting one person spread out over 100 to, to be 100 to one day be 200. And you can do way more um, than you could on your own. And I said, okay, we're going we're gonna to franchise this, this concept. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh... Uh, a powerful lesson, right? That you obviously learned as a kid through your grandmother, and then you're able to apply it in this context. Um, and we've, over the years, we've talked a lot about franchising. We've had several franchisees on. We've had uh, obviously those who aren't. And so, the, the difference of the two, we we kind of contrast and compare the models, right? And so, for from your perspective, you know, when you have different personalities, different backgrounds, running, what'd you say, the hundred and how many have 120 franchises, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, so give us that, that secret mix of the individualism of those uh, owners, individual owners that goes into it versus the, the blueprint of the model. Yep. And early on when I was studying franchising, that's what I kept finding that franchisees didn't like in other systems was the rigidity of it. And the, you're forced to do these things and you, you, you have these compliance things that your franchisor, us, makes you do. And so I was very careful of that early on to say, wait a minute, each one of these guys, to your point, Eric, they're their own individual. They want to start their own business and do some things their way. So we did things a little different, and we, and we allowed some, some flexibility early on to make sure our owners knew that it is their business. And one thing I preached from day one that I, I still preach today is this is your business. This is your equity that you own. One day I want you to sell this business or pass it on to your children if you want to. It's your business. It's your baby. But it's also our business and our baby. 
and it's our name on, on, on the sign. And it's so we try to teach that during cool school, which is when they come to Macon and train for two weeks. We instill that, that this is a partnership. It's your business, but it's our playbook. And because we stuck to that uh, all along the way and allowed owners to, to really run their own business, but, but run our model, uh, it worked very well. We, I was also very cognizant to never outgrow. We, we, could, we could have sold more franchises faster, and we made the decision to strategically grow along with our franchise owners. Uh, all along the way, um, I, I tried to hire one or two steps ahead. I wanted to always have the next hire before we really needed it. And so I built my corporate team along the way. Today, we're a, a team of 12. Um, all of them I hired along the way, and they all have stuck with me from, from the beginning. I've, I've never had a corporate staff member leave. And so our, our team today is just wildly experienced, wildly uh, close-knit. And um, I, I would put our corporate team up against just about any franchise out there. Well, there's no doubt you are a reflection of those that you surround yourself with. And just like in my organization, it is the reason for, for our success, there's no doubt. And so um, that, that is truly the, the mark of a good leader is to go out and, and find people that complement them, that are smarter than them, that, that fit roles that they don't fit, and, and allow you, them to you, do their work. You know where I first heard that? Tommy Baker's class. And the quote was from, um, the quote was from uh, Ms. O'Quinn. Uh, who's a Charleston business owner. I don't know if she still is. That was 17 years ago, but she said uh, she had a, uh, she had a business, I believe in um, childcare or daycare or early education learning, I believe in, in Charleston. But I remember her quote and it was find those w that excel in their field and hire them. And then, you know, Tommy would back that up and say, yeah. And once you hire them, find a way to retain them, make sure you pay them and allow them to grow with you. And I applied that because I learned it in, in that class, and that's no lie. That's a great model, great model. And so we've talked a lot about certainly your success, and congrats. You all have obviously done very well. You've grown. You've scaled. You've franchised. You've done all these wonderful things. But, of course, it's business, and along the way, uh, we have the other moments. And so if you don't mind, you know, reflect on maybe one or two of those moments of extreme adversity other than the start. Obviously, we talked about that story. But along the way, some of the – the pitfalls that you've hit, whether it was 08 and the, the economy turning and sort of how you as a leader managed through those moments of adversity. You know, it's funny. I, I love that question because I get it and have gotten it so often over the years. And I used to struggle to answer that question because I, I have been so fortunate in my business career that I, I used to have trouble answering that because I couldn't really find those moments. I just and so what I tell you today is, I mean, because specifically you asked about 08. I'll give you an interesting example there. 2008, 2009 is the best thing that ever happened in my business. Because if you look at my timeline, um, I was only two or three years into franchising and I wasn't even 30 years old when that happened. And so we were young and nimble. The recession threw out so many great business minds that were in their own field, fired them, kicked them to the curb. We were there going, hey, uh, yes, your market is open. Yes, your market is open. And these guys that were wanting to start their own business and needed to during the recession became some of today, some of our best owners that we have. So, so many times, and I've got stories like that over and over along our business journey that we used some adversity out there to turn into positives. Um, so the way I, I usually answer that is I'll tell you the, the uh, kind of the big moments that we've had. If you, if you look, there, there really been a few um, that were, that were dynamic or, or earth shattering to our business. Um, my first was bringing on my lawyer in 2008, 2009 as my business partner, um, which was again, back to the power of partnerships. Um, 
I sold Tom Swift was my attorney and we were great friends and he hated what he was doing and loved what I was doing. And I needed a right hand man. Um, and so I sold Tom a, a 40 percent equity stake in, in the franchise company um, in, in 2009 and just almost like a, a phenomenal marriage. I mean, just our, our relationship and our partnership has just been one that, that folks would dream of. And so he came along with me, helped me grow the company and grow the business. Um, we, uh, 2015, we sold another minority stake to a private equity firm, uh, which was a, just a great move for us at that time, allowed us to really springboard and grow and learn what private equity is and learn how leverage works. Uh, which ultimately allowed us to kind of our final chapter of, of these big moments was was selling our company uh, in 2019 to Authority Brands, um, a company out of Maryland that owns and operates franchise brands in the service sector. So they have we were their first big acquisition where where their new model was really to go out and acquire franchise service brands. They had one or two. Um, but they, they were bought by a private equity firm at that time. And they said, Hey, go out and find multiple service brands. And, and we were their first acquisition in the pool sector. And since then they've done it seven more times. And today authority brands is a, is a brand of, of nine household names in the service franchise sector. And so I want to jump in real quick because we're running out of time, but I'm really interested. And I'm sure our listeners are as to, you know, how you, and what an amazing story. I mean, you got to go back and I know you're doing teaching now as well, I think, uh, in entrepreneurship. And hopefully this is the case study you all go through. Uh, not like Tommy holding his back. You got to get it out there. That's um, right. But getting to the moments of thinking about as a entrepreneur, um, at that time, a solopreneur, right? When do I bring a partner on? Do I bring a partner on? And then ultimately selling my interest out, you know, to an outside entity. How do you get to that decision being that this is your baby literally from the day you began working. Yep. So I just knew, I, 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 again, like Tommy says, I mean, I think you look at it one of two ways. You're either absolutely not or, or you are. And if you are a, a fan of partnerships, it, if it's the right partner, it's that leverage. It's the ultimate leverage, right? Is that you take their skill set mixed with your skill set. And if one plus one can equal three, well, then you came out better, right? I'd rather own half a three than all of one. And that's how I always looked at it. And it, multiple times over my career, um, I actually originally sold my, uh, my, my baby, my ASP of Macon, when I decided to start franchising. Um, I sold that to, to an employee of mine so that I could go franchise. And then I, that was 2005. You know, so 2009, I bring on Tom and sell him an interest. 2015, 16, we bring on a private equity firm. 2019, we sell completely. I mean, aligning yourselves with the right folks along the way uh, allows you to to have leverage and and come out better than you would on your own that's how that's at least how i saw it but it's got to be the right folks it's got to be the right partner at the right time and that's not an easy decision to make and that's not always going to work out for folks it's why that decision is so so important right person right time to be the right partnership and if you can nail it and figure that out you come out better than than you would have on your own so, Stuart, you're still a very young man. You've accomplished a lot. Um, you're retained on as CEO at this point, right? Um, but down the road, the future, do you ever think there's other ventures that you might want to get involved in? I know you've started other business, had other side ventures, but do you see any major venture coming into play for you? Yeah. So, you know, like anything else, I mean, I've spent the past 17 years really learning franchising. Not, We just happen to be in the pool business, right? 
but learning right. franchising, um, the skills that, I, that I've developed from there, I would I would have to think that there uh, there's maybe another industry or business out there that could use some some franchising expertise. Um, after I, I finished my time with ASP, which is which is nowhere near, I hope it's still my baby, and 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 they want me to still run it, and and I love it every day. Um, but certainly, I, we've acquired a lot of skill sets that could apply to other uh, industries that could could be franchised. Very cool. Well, real quick before we run out of time, again, beyond the business is people you know, stories you don't. And so one of the quick things that Leslie loves to do is we call it lightning around. I'm going to ask you a few questions just throughout the first answer that comes to mind, um, starting off with um, maybe uh, uh, one of the most influential books that you've read in your life. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Great book, great book. Something that you are uh, most proud of, obviously your family is going to be at the top. So we know that. Something else in your life that you're the most proud of? Being able to still be with, with ASP. Very cool. Um, something that you admire the most or who you admire the most in life? Tommy Baker. Great one. He'll love to hear that, right? Uh, kudos to Tommy. And then uh, maybe something that's on your bucket list that you'd like to accomplish. I used to be terrified of flying, uh, and today we own an airplane and fly in a very tiny, tiny airplane. Uh, I, I want to jump out of an airplane one day. God bless you, my friend. God bless you. <laughs> well, again, uh, great story. Thank you so much, Stuart, for your time, your energy, and most important, just thank you for doing what you do all over the Southeast with your organization. It's been incredible. Stuart Vernon, founder and CEO of America's Swimming Pool Company. Thanks, Eric. And again, you've been listening to Beyond the Business, presented by the College of Charleston School of Business and Coastal Wealth Management here on 94.3 WSC. And until next Saturday morning, Low Country, have a blessed week.